They've met with the pastor week after week. He's taught them our precepts and Christ Jesus to seek. He shared the law of our God, which we strive to keep, the prayers, the creeds, and the sacraments deep. Now these young saints are right to partake in Christ's body and blood, all for his sake. A gift you are seeking to commemorate this? Ad Crucem has just what you won't want to miss. We've got icons, art, ornaments, jewellery and more, greeting cards, crucifixes, posters, gifts galore. Your catechized friend will love what you give and treasure the gift all the days that they live. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. There's two Sarahs in studio today, by the way. And we <laughs> yeah, both have are. H's on our names, which is even better. Sarah's with an H's. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one question interview day, which means we have another Lutheran lady in studio. This is going to be a super fun conversation. I'm a big fan of our fifth lady today. Erin, who do we have in studio today? Today we have Deaconess Sarah Longmire. And Sarah is currently the president of the Concordia Deaconess Conference. Dang it, that is so close. I don't know why I froze. I, we just re- rehearsed this you on like over here. two minutes ago. I didn't remember either, so don't feel bad. Okay. Sarah actually goes back a ways with all of us. Not mm-hmm. I'm like the the most, well, Rachel's, she doesn't go back. I met her back. 15 minutes ago. But yeah, that's a ways yeah, in my life. So then, long ways. I'm the more recent one, mm-hmm. and she goes back further with Bree and Sarah. Mm-hmm. But I I first met Sarah Longmire, Deaconess Sarah, when she did her internship as a missionary in oh. Thailand. Oh, wow. So that that was mine. But you guys know her from even before that. Yeah, I know oh. her from Concordia, Chicago. You were mm-hmm. a few years ahead of me, but... Yes. You know Brie really well. We were in the same class. We lived on mm. the same. Were you in third third Brome? Uh, yeah. That's oh, right. That was before came right. for the freshman. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a heartbreaking announcement. Then when oh, they really? were like, "We're gonna give these floors to the freshmen." Sorry, that was like, my class. Sorry, I think I was the first class. It's all your that. fault, Sarah. All Gosset. my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> Those were the days, man. Yes, so, it's true. Anyway. I have zero yeah. frame of reference for any of this, but I as Erin has says, y'all go back, and I, I could yes, see that. Oh, <laughs> this is oh, what five, happens oh, when you get a group of Lutherans. There's almost always going to be some sort of a connection between true. them. So, true. absolutely, we're more than I think more than average. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Sarah, today our one question interview. I feel like the deaconess in some ways. For me, it's the most mysterious of our of We're our called unicorns. workers. You <laughs> are, <laughs> and yet only ladies can be deaconesses. Yes, ma'am. And so I think this is something Lutheran ladies should know more about. True. Yep. So I would like to know what should Lutheran ladies know about the role, the vocation of a deaconess? What is it? What do you do? Yeah. What goes into that? 
Uh, that's what I want to. That's what I want to talk about. Before we start, I I have been a huge proponent of this conversation happening mm. because I literally did not know deaconesses existed until my husband went to seminary. Mm-hmm. I don't think I sure. knew they existed until I came and worked here, and like they're like, oh yeah, we've got. I'm like, what? I've never heard of this before. And yeah, I right. tell you, I it would have been a life-changing thing for me had I figured it out earlier because I might have made some different life choices. Uh-huh. So uh, mm-hmm. mothers and daughters who are listening out there, listen yeah. closely because this is information that young Rachel could have maybe done something with. <laughs> Back to you, Erin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe start. What What is a deaconess? Like, I don't know, we could go a lot of different directions and in we this will. conversation, so <laughs> sure. we'll, we'll start there. Sure. So the Office of Deaconess is an office for women, only women. It falls under the Office of Pastoral Ministry, but in no way supersedes, overlaps, anything like that. So I like to think of it, uh, if we want to go biblical, all the way back to thinking about Adam and Eve, right? Mm -hmm. So Adam had his gifts, had his tasks, and then Eve was created to be the helpmate, right? To Mm -hmm. like partner in that, not to overstep, not to overdo, but to, to work in tandem. I think we believe that God has given uh, men and women different gifts and they're complementary. And so Mm -hmm. when I think about offices and vocation, especially if we're thinking about occupations, we think about the office of deaconess as an opportunity for women to serve God's church, but to work with pastors, to work in tandem, to work in sort of a a complementary type of, Mm -hmm. of office. So what does that look like? Well, I like to say, if you've met a deaconess, you've met a deaconess <laughs> because we we are not easily boxed. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, you know, we think of a pastor, you think of word and sacrament. Thanks be to God. You think mm-hmm. of a deaconess, I guess the overarching theme is going to be uh, service and mercy. Mm-hmm. So that's going to really be what women in this role are going to do. However, freedom in the gospel, right? Like we can do that across any different scope. So I have friends who are missionaries. I have friends who are teachers. I have friends who are nurses, all deaconesses. Mm -hmm. I have friends who work in offices who are really good at administration. Again, all deaconesses. So it's as though we are called and able to intentionally serve our neighbor in whatever roles and gifts we've also been given. And that falls under the authority of the pastoral office. So I'm not ever going to do word and sacrament, but I'm going to visit the 92-year-old shut-in. I'm mm. going to visit the kiddo who's homesick. I'm going to teach the faith for the family and for students and for moms, because those are gifts that I have been given. And I think those are opportunities that women can serve and can live out their given gifts. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's hard to put us in a box because we can use our specific or individual skill sets, but also be intentional and maybe more part of or in front of a congregation offering other opportunities to serve as well. So it's it's also engaging people around us to find your neighbor, to mm-hmm. love and serve your neighbor, all under the gift of word and sacrament that a pastor is offering. So I have a question. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to touch on this later. The office of deaconess is not monolithic, right? My question, though, is 
Can you talk a little bit about your background, how you came to be a deaconess? What did your studies look like? Yeah. And assuming that it's probably very similar for each person, like how do how does that curriculum sort of lend itself to the diversity of Being representation? Dynamic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So actually, uh, Deaconess was not on my radar. I had never heard of it or did not know that it was an option until I was at university. I went to Concordia River Forest, changed its name halfway through, so I graduated (laughs) from Concordia, Chicago. Yes. Hey, my university did the same thing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Concordia College, I mean, university. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. So I, I grew up with two Lutheran educators. Both of my parents are teachers, and I knew from a very young age I wanted to work with kids. I grew up helping my parents in their classrooms, and I was like, this is the gig for me. So my entire goal with higher education was to be an educator. I chose Concordia River Forest for their early childhood education program because they have mm-hmm. such a dynamic kid center right mm-hmm. on campus. I was going to learn and grow and work, all the things. So I am also, I'm very uh, motivated. I'm very self-driven. So I was going to be done with the education program early. So wow. then I thought, how about missionary work? So like, <laughs> I you know, talking with Aaron a little bit, like, what could I do? Uh-huh. I'll graduate in December and then I'll, you know, get a call in May. It'll be, it'll be perfect. And then I had two pastors separate from one another both say to me, Sarah, I think you should consider being a deaconess. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) It's fine. I'm only almost done with my program. And (laughs) thanks for for sitting on that. (laughs) So what's a deaconess? Like, what are we doing? Um, I mean, I trusted both of these men, right? And I thought, well, let's just let's just ask the question. So I went and thankfully, you know, Concordia River Forest is the only Concordia currently that has an undergraduate program mm-hmm. for Deaconess mm. uh, Ministries. And so I, I had a meeting with the Deaconesses and kind of got this cool picture of like, wait a minute, all these extra theology classes I was taking because I like it, they could like <laughs> pull into something uh-huh. like, this, like you get get a job in this? Like, mm-hmm. how does that work? And so it just kind of felt like this whole other side of me just clicked into place. And so mm. then it was kind of like, do I stick with education? Do I do, do I just do theology? Like, h- how do I make this work? And I guess, you know, part of, of answering your question, Brie, is the the deaconess program requires some, so- some sort of minor or some mm. sort of other piece. Okay. Well, I just had two majors. It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But like, that's the other, that's sort of the piece where you can really take what you're interested in and and also study that. Mm -hmm. And so I had early childhood education and then I also had theology. So maybe don't do it my way, but (laughs) it could also work out. So I joined the Deaconess program as a junior and I just worked my tail off for the entire summer, May terms. So I graduated with both degrees with my class. So like Brie and I, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then (laughs) I did my Deaconess internship uh, missionary style post-graduation. Mm-hmm. And so then I was in Thailand for two years. Wow. And I I would have considered staying there, but the position I was in was new and they just wanted a short term right then. And so I came back to America and actually 
my first two positions, my first two calls were education related. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, it was as though the teacher side of Sarah was placed first Mm -hmm. and the deaconess came along, right? Mm -hmm. And so just found ways to love and serve my neighbor and exercise that theology that I was able to study, that I was able to dive into. I, In no way am I saying that theology is some sort of like program that you can check off and move on. Like mm-hmm. the Bible is, oh, it's, it's the living word of God, right? right? So we're always diving into it. But I just had such a great foundation of that, that I love learning. I'm just a theology nerd. So, like, <laughs> yeah, so I just tell people like, Okay, you're calling Sarah that Sarah the teacher, that's fine, but the deaconess comes for free. So <laughs> I can't turn that off, right? So right. so I've taught second grade, I've taught third grade, I've taught kindergarten. The role I'm currently in, I'm a preschool director. So I just finished up a master's program in educational administration. Wow. Um yeah. Woo. So now I'm also a Concordian Nebraska Bulldog. So I'm a oh, cougar, I'm a bulldog. I don't know. That's all, all the animals. Things. All, all the of them. Animals. Yeah. So I guess that's the other way too, right? Like I am not necessarily boxed into like deaconess studies full stop, right? Like so mm-hmm. I I believe and I think the work that God set before me is that I've been given gifts in education. I've been given gifts in relationships. And so I've been given then roles, occupations where I can serve in those various kind of capacities. I recently accepted a call to be director of family life. And I literally cannot believe someone's going to pay me to do this because it's like all my favorite things. So uh-huh. like awesome. teaching teaching the faith from babies all the way through adulthood, like mom's Bible studies, getting to organize outreach and mission opportunities, mm. um, getting to help families teach the faith to their kiddos, mm-hmm. like all these sort of connection things that it kind of feels like, Teacher Sarah and Deaconess Sarah put in a blender and (laughs) here we are. Like, it's amazing. And so all that to say, like, the theology is the base for Deaconess students, whether that's at Concordia Chicago, whether that's at one of our seminaries, like, that's that's the basis. But there's certainly the encouragement to explore what other gifts you might have and how that could look in different opportunities. So you're not going to ever want me to like put an IV in you, but people (laughs) are very medically gifted. So thanks be to God, like be an RN and a a deaconess or work in hospice care or Mm. however that works, because it's just the idea of like looking at the whole person and just being able to love and serve your neighbor in whatever situation you might find yourself in. So a follow up then to that. Yeah. Would you say that the deaconess study side of it kind of gives you a theological edge in your in your vocation, like whether you're an RN or a teacher or whatever you find yourself doing to make a paycheck sort of a thing? Like yes. what does the deaconess study side how does that help you in your current role? Well, not current role, but just in sure. general. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it really helped solidify my worldview and how I see things. Okay. So like I like to think in terms of law and gospel and making sure that 
how I phrase things or how I communicate or the way in which I do. So in education, how do I do on discipline? What Mm. does that look like? Mm -hmm. How do I have conversations with parents? How do I do best construction? So I think the theological foundation helped my my thinking and the Mm -hmm. way that I viewed the work set before me. You know, Walther's distinction of law and gospel, whoop, whoop. (laughs) I mean, I a hundred times and learn something different every time. So there's just this idea that like it helped the way that I perceive the work set before me, whether that's interacting with a parent or whether that would be administering a shot, which you don't want me to do, but (laughs) someone who is medically minded to do that sort of thing. So yeah, so that the theological basis is just something, I mean, honestly, I wish every Lutheran could just like take take those classes to just like love catechesis and keep diving in because I think that just develops a richer approach to how you look at your life and how you look at the world and the work in front of you. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like, okay, I'm going to just go there. In what ways would you say this statement is true and false? A oh, deaconess boy. is like a Lutheran nun. <laughs> ah, excellent. Uh, so, like, before. Yeah, I totally have. Yeah. So fascinating because I often, I will use that phrase if the people that I'm interacting with do not necessarily have a Lutheran background mm-hmm. or may mm-hmm. not even have a Christian or a church perspective because good, bad, or otherwise, we've all heard of Mother Teresa, right? right. Like we all know the work of what that looks like. Yep. So what I like to say is a deaconess is like a Lutheran nun in that we have that mercy work. We have mm-hmm. that opportunity to connect with those who need the gospel, to be that bridge between the church word and sacrament, and those hurting wherever and whoever they may be. Mm-hmm. However, I also then will will very happily say that Lutheranism is also freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got plenty of deaconess friends that are married with children. Thanks mm-hmm. be to God. I live alone, not in a convent, because I choose to. Um, <laughs> Is is there a convent for Lutheran deaconesses? So interestingly enough, (laughs) there there was uh, a Lutheran like home or like mother house, I guess is what we would call it out in Pittsburgh. And I think there are still some in Germany. Like so in CDC, sometimes we talk about like we need to start some sort of retirement deaconess home. That would be like a mother house for us. Yeah. But that would actually be awesome. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just that there's the there's the freedom of family, right? That we in Lutheranism don't necessarily worry about wearing one vocational hat, mm-hmm. but recognize that wife, mother, child, sister, deaconess, church musician, whatever it is, like those can all be in one person. I personally am not married. I don't have kids. So sometimes that doesn't necessarily resonate with whoever I'm talking to because I'm like, I promise, like women can do that. And I, you know, I don't have a a habit and that sort of thing. But um, (laughs) I do have have a uniform. Well, and so just to kind of help that distinction, that distinction a little bit, I am a Concordia Deaconess Conference 
deaconess. So the CDC is an RSO, <laughs> Registered Service Organization uh-huh. of our Synod. Yes. No, no, no. It is a recognized service organization because oh, Deaconess yeah. Dorothy Krantz corrected me like three times in a row when I was editing the Lutheran yeah. Witness because I kept oh, messing oh, it up. Recognized woman. service right. organization. Recognized <laughs> so okay. proud of myself. Mine. Dorothy, I got it. Finally. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to get an email. So, very <laughs> well. Please yeah. hand in your cross That's and your right. blue dress. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Recognized. We're recognized. Okay. But Concordia Deaconess Conference is a freestanding organization for deaconesses in our synod to have professional development and cool. to have fellowship. However, I have friends and I know deaconesses who I like to call incognito, which means they, for whatever reason in their life, in their circumstances, they are not associated right now with CDC. So they would not wear the blue dress and the yellow crosses. Oh, that's the the connection to CDC. Yes. Not the role. Right. Correct. Okay. Just as, as, you know, many pastors wear black clerical shirt with, with collars, but just because you don't wear one doesn't mean you're not a pastor. Um, Correct. That it's a, there's a, there's Mm -hmm. a choice of association there. Right. So deaconesses are deaconesses once they are consecrated and commissioned. Deaconesses are Concordia Deaconess Conference deaconesses once they are like officially associated part of CDC. And that's where the the navy and the gold come into play. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Now you said once they are consecrated. I don't think I've ever heard that term used I've always heard like commissioned, mm-hmm. I've heard ordained mm-hmm. and installed, but I don't think I've ever heard consecrated. Is that something that's unique to deaconesses? Yeah. Okay. So pastors are first ordained right? and then will be installed. Mm-hmm. Deaconesses are first consecrated huh. and then installed in their first call. Okay. Huh. Okay. Interesting. That's cool. So I was consecrated and installed at um, Redeemer in Oakmont, Pennsylvania. Ah. And I was part of, of CDC at that ceremony then. And we have something where a deaconess pins you. So oh. Cheryl, Nauman, Cheryl Nauman pinned me as part of CDC. Huh. The Cheryl Nauman. That's awesome. The Cheryl Nauman. The Cheryl D. Yes. The Cheryl D. Yes. Yes. Okay. So how is the the work, the the ministry of a deaconess different from, you've kind of talked, I mean, the differences between a deaconess and a pastor, I think are maybe a little bit more obvious. The differences between those different church workers, mm-hmm. pastor, deaconess, DCE, sure. how, how are yeah. they, how do they serve dif- differently in different capacities? Yeah, I mean, I think in some regard, going back to some of the questions Bree asked me about education and mm. that theological mm-hmm. foundation, there are certainly differences in how each of those different roles are trained and educated. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm speaking from my experience at college, however many years ago. Um, <laughs> Don't make me count. Right? I, I don't know. have enough hands. Exactly. <laughs> Shoot. You guys are not that old. Come on now. <laughs> I just turned 36 on Sunday. So yes. Happy I'm birthday. Happy birthday. Club 36. I, re- I reiterate my previous statement. You're not that old. 
Uh, okay. Um, Woof. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so, in general, a woman who is studying to be a deaconess is studying theology. So, that is their primary focus. And then from there, that minor then is in a different field or a different area, which can be broad and vast. From my experience, usually uh, DCE or uh, DCO or Mm. Director of Family Life, their base is often a little bit more varied. Mm. So maybe there's more education than theology. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's more focus on communications. So their base is, is more broad because of the work that may be said before them. So a deaconess can as I, as I have shown, like I've served in a classroom, I've served as an administrator, I'm going to be serving as a director of family life, but the opposite is not necessarily true. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a, a teacher move into an office of deaconess mm-hmm. only because those works structures are going to be different. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it kind of comes down to the basis of education and where we started with the foundation of theology versus a foundation in a subsequent kind of type of, of learning or curriculum. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's the undergraduate program at Concordia Chicago, and this mm-hmm. is maybe a little bit into the weeds, but then the, we have the two programs of the seminaries. How yes. are those programs alike, I suppose. Like what? <laughs> Sorry, pause. Emma keeps walking by and she, she has is, a blue cross. What does that mean? She's intern here. She's oh. not yet. She's oh, not, yet. She's not yet consecrated. consecrated. Oh. <laughs> but clearly intends to be. Yes. Like, yes. She, yeah, yes. she'll so be she's done. She's a student or okay. an intern. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. She's Sorry. still a Diamonds. novice. Yes. <laughs> she's awesome. I love her. Okay. Anyway. So what are the what are the the similarities between those programs and and I know we keep talking about theology but what what kind of theology mm-hmm. are you really mm. digging into with that specific purpose of doing mercy work? Sure. So obviously my personal experience was undergraduate. Right. So a lot of diving into the Bible. So Old Testament, New Testament, uh, world religion and theologies of other places, countries, thoughts, looking at systematics, so how uh, the Bible fits together, looking at church history, looking at practical things like interacting with those who are dying, interacting with those who have lost someone, looking at the practicalities of teaching and brain development. So you're going to talk to a three-year-old in a different way than you're going to talk to a 15-year-old, perhaps. Usually. Well, <laughs> sometimes I just say they're taller, but I mean, <laughs> fine. Uh, fine. <laughs> but just, just how to apply what you're learning to those that you're learning. Because I think if you wanted to take theology as just a strict education, you could probably learn a lot, but that's not necessarily the call of a Christian is you learn and then you share, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're the great commission. Mm -hmm. And so just thinking about learning how to apply that which you are ingesting to the people that you would serve. Now, the the seminary programs, I'm going to say, are not going to be that much different. The, it's just they are master's programs mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they are graduate schools. And so there's going to be probably a, a deeper knowledge or a deeper expectation at those different programs. But those are the three programs that our synod currently has for educating deaconesses. Mm-hmm. 
those are the three educational institutions that offer them. But mm -hmm. there are a few different routes, though, right? Because I believe like the St. Louis Seminary has an online program mm -hmm. as well as a residential program. Yeah. Yes. Does the Fort Wayne one have both or yes. is it? Okay. So they have multiple <laughs> routes. Yes. And they, they aren't just different routes taking all identical classes. So the online one, the only reason I didn't know this is that we have a deaconess intern currently working <laughs> working with my unit, uh, so I've become more familiar with it. It's a new program, and that one is, is all online, and rather than do an internship at the conclusion, she does her internship throughout her entire studies, mm. and so she's doing her internship with us 10 hours a week. And she could do that for all, I don't remember if it's three or four years, but that's how theirs is sort of structured. So there is some variety even in the, I don't know. The, the formation. Yeah. Well, and I, I think a lot of that is, and this is me surmising, because I, I recently traveled to the Dominican Republic and mm -hmm. got to see a picture of how they're forming um, mm -hmm. deaconesses. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of how this is kind of being worked out or being put together is meeting women where they currently are and mm -hmm. saying, hey, how about being a deaconess? Because the work you're doing is mercy work. Let's let's give you that theological basis. Let's give you that foundation. Let's give you that connection to the church. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really great to have those opportunities to have high expectations, high standards of learning, but meeting people, women, uh, where they are to then mm -hmm. send them forth mm -hmm. to do the work that that's been placed before them. Because like in the Dominican Republic, for example, in a few weeks, they're going to graduate like over 90 deaconesses. It's wow. Awesome. It's, it's amazing. So cool. And so the seminary program that they have down there is, I mean, it's grassroots. It's like five years old. Mm -hmm. They've kind of been developing the program as they go. And they are very much looking at it from an equipping to go out and meet the people, meet the needs of the people. So, I mean, these women are going to be, they're from or going to be going back to home countries all over South America, mm -hmm. which is amazing. So it's just that whole, like, how do you bring long gospel? How do you bring Jesus? How do you bring your gifts into the vocation of serving those around you? And so I think it's pretty neat that we do have American programs mm -hmm. that can mirror that a little bit mm -hmm. or is willing to kind of look at how this could look mm -hmm. and then going forward that way. Mm -hmm. So I have a question and it's, it, it sort of ties into that, but it's, it's, this one might be a little bit hard to ask and it might be a little bit hard to answer. And that is, so, so many of the roles of, of deaconesses that I've known, they, they're roles that overlap with other disciplines in terms of, I mean, you are serving, going to be serving in family ministry, which a director of Christian education or a director of family life ministry might do. You have served in early childhood, which, again, others might do. And I guess I'm curious, given that so many of the roles that are filled by deaconesses are also filled by other people, often filled by other people with other qualifications, what is it that is distinctive about the role? And I guess, who calls a deaconess and why do they call a deaconess specifically for these roles when you could hypothetically call another another worker in many not all of them obviously yeah but i'm i'm curious about what's the desire behind calling a deaconess in particular for these roles 
Sure. And I mean, I'll, so I'll take it a step further because I have pastors who are mm-hmm. friends of mine who are like, uh, before I really knew what deaconesses were, I'd kind of been told they are as expensive as a pastor, but not as helpful because they can't do word and sacrament. <laughs> Okay, great. So we uh, let's just let's just get this elephant in the room out in the open because it's obvious that you've miss. I'm trying to like dance around the question, and you are like, let's just let's just talk about it. Yeah, no, that's fine because so I'll I'll take it to two different directions. First of all, I would go back to the order of creation, and I would suggest that men have a set of gifts and women have a set of gifts. And I think that it is fair to say that men and women working together are a fuller picture than men working alone and women working alone. Mm -hmm. So if I, horrible, if I miscarried a baby, who am I going to be more comfortable talking to? A guy or a girl? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Me personally, maybe, maybe a female, but why not have the option? Right. Like, why not have a a church staff that has both? If I so I'm never I've I'm not married and I'm in the hospital. Who am I going to feel more comfortable with having a guy visit or having my deaconess visit? Again, I don't know. Me personally, probably the female, just because who knows why or or what? Or Mm -hmm. both. I mean, as I was in the hospital in a life threatening situation last summer and the hospital chaplain who came to visit me was female because, of course, deaconesses Mm, can serve as hospital chaplains. And then she called my pastor, who also came and visited me. And I think Mm -hmm. that they both brought different elements of the love of Christ into my hospital room at a time when I was feeling very, very vulnerable, both physically and spiritually. And so, yes, both. (laughs) Please. Yeah. So I was going to. So please don't misunderstand me. I'm not pitting the two against each other. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that how about both? How about mm-hmm. the complementary kind of idea or the option of both? So I think when we're looking at serving our neighbor, we recognize that the needs of those we're serving are unique and giving options or having more people, it's just a fuller picture of serving and loving one another. Secondly, when you're thinking about a deaconess versus someone in a different role, again, there are there is enough work for everyone to yes. be doing. Oh. No, I mean, this is not at all like one versus the other. No. However, since the question has been put before me, this is how <laughs> I kind of think about it. Um, <laughs> with a deaconess, you have the solid foundation of Lutheran theology. Yes. So you have that And that is not a question. Like, that is an expectation of every woman that finishes the program. So if you are thinking about how is this role going to reflect the theology or the church, and having someone who knows that well is going to be an important piece. And like I said, I can't speak for other programs or how that's studied, but that's that's a foundation. Secondly, deaconesses, because we're so were vastly educated, can serve in different roles. So like I said before, I can pop into a classroom because that's my background, but a teacher may not necessarily pop in to teach women's Bible study Mm -hmm. if they are, Mm -hmm. you know, really great with three-year-olds and not necessarily great with Walter's long gospel. Again, none of this is judgment. This is just a matter of like foundational education, Mm -hmm. right? So there are just different circumstances and different settings in which 
having a theologically trained woman care for or work in tandem with Mm -hmm. the Office of Pastoral Ministry is a gift. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not say no to that, I guess, would be my approach. So in no way am I pitting anything against, in no way am I saying a pastor cannot do all of these roles. However, pastors are more and more busy every single day. There's a lot going Mm -hmm. on. There's a lot of need. And, you know, biblical kind of model, the apostles sent out deacons, right? And then we have from there deaconesses that helped serve and care for those who were caring for others. So it just that idea that let's share the work and yeah. let's kind of look at it from a from a gift perspective. Yeah, there are so, so many there there are elements of pastoral ministry that only pastors can and should do. Absolutely. But there's Word a whole lot of church work that doesn't fall specifically in that job description that often gets lumped into the pastor's role. Correct. But that Correct. could be done by other people, especially those who have the training. And I I'm so glad that you're out there. I've had the privilege of interacting with since since my seminary, my well, my husband's seminary days when I learned that deaconesses existed. You know, I've had the privilege of interacting with a number of women serving in this role, whether visitation ministry or editorial, because that's my background, administrative, yeah. whatever. And I can say, I, I, and I hate to stereotype, but y'all tend to be very smart, dedicated, faithful, hardworking servants of the gospel. And it's true. Like, don't want to generalize, but that seems to be the the type. And so I'm glad you. I I mean, all you terrible deaconesses out there just got a free pass. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, I will hope to live up to that uh, expectation. Just saying, it's I I gotta say it like I've seen it. So. Okay, fair. Very good. I'm just not good at compliments. Uh-huh. I'm just being awkward over here. Um, no, so I guess, I mean, do you feel like I answered that question for you? I, I just think I, that there's there's opportunity. I yeah. think so. It's, it's a hard question to answer because as Lutherans, we, we have so much respect for the pastoral office. Thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that sometimes the tendency can be, if there's a job in church work, let's get a pastor to do it. You know, wouldn't I mean, the pastor, shouldn't that be the person? And yet I think you're right to point out that we need pastors doing what pastors do. And so to identify roles in which other faithful church workers, including deaconesses, can partner in that work, it it's just makes good business sense, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, every situation is going to be a little bit different, right? Which is kind of going back to the deaconess being the mystical unicorn in the room and that like <laughs> enshrouded in mystery. That's right. Who even um, are you? <laughs> what even is a deaconess? Oh man. There is never coming back. She's a horrible <laughs> question. No, it's for real. Our our original working title for this episode was What Even is a Deaconess? Yeah, sure. there it is. No lies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I've given you the answer. It's a mystical unicorn. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nailed <Yeah>. it. Um, <laughs> no, so I, I guess because I, I think about this a lot, believe it or not. But um, we, we like titles and roles to be pretty well defined, yeah. and yeah. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we have very strong boundaries about word and sacrament. We have very strong boundaries about law and gospel. We have very strong boundaries of about justification. I mean, we can we can take it down the, the down the line, right? And so we like our neatly ordered categories. <laughs> 
hundred percent. Oh, yes. I mean, I get it. And I don't like, I don't want to be the fly in the ointment, but I also don't want the role of a deaconess to be cast off because it takes more thought or more intentionality. Because mm. I think that if you want to look at individual situations, churches, dynamics, perhaps a DCE is the best choice. Thanks be to God. Do it. But perhaps there, there's, there's a broader picture that a deaconess, a certain deaconess, right, um, right. could fill. Let's not count that out. I guess. Or maybe there is enough work that another pastor is what we need because we need to do work, more word and sacrament. We need to be giving communion to more. Thanks be to God. I, so so there, it's almost as though there's a little bit too much room to feel all that comfortable. And yet I would suggest we, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like mm-hmm. we let the office of deaconess stand as an option if it's outside of word and sacrament. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting. I'm looking here at the lcms.org website on the Deaconess Ministry page. I was looking at that too. (laughs) And and the question is, where do deaconesses serve? So obviously our church has thought about this. And then it says deaconesses serve primarily in three settings. One, missions, both foreign and domestic. Two, congregations, teaching, visiting the sick and imprisoned, or serving in family and other caring ministry. And three, institutions, serving as chaplains in hospitals, prisons, retirement communities, and facilities that care for people with developmental disabilities. That is a huge list of things, possible things that a deaconess might be doing. And I feel like it's not even complete because they left off things like schools or publishing houses. There are deaconesses that work at Concordia Publishing House or the Um, International Center or, you know, there are all sorts of places. So this list is huge, but it's not even complete. I'm very amused that you brought that up, actually, because while we're recording, there have been several deaconesses <laughs> in Deaconess and they're all looking in here and they see Sarah and they're like, oh, Sarah's here. It's hilarious. And Sarah, <laughs> your back is to the window, so yes. you can't uh-huh. actually see this happening, but yes. it's been very amusing. So. <laughs> yes. So the, uh, there are right. many I options. Mean, <laughs> yeah. And it, so... If you go back to we're, you know, in mercy and service, well, that that I mean, that's a great soundbite and it's not wrong. But let's dive into that. What's that going to actually look like? And that those are the type of questions then where this congregation, once it, you know, intentionally lays out what it needs, actually, that is a third pastor. Or nope, that's a deaconess. Thanks be to God. Or nope, we really just need an education person. And so none of the, like I said, None of those are wrong, but let's just let the deaconess options sit at the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like maybe we're hungry for chicken. Let's do it. I don't know. Like it's not wrong. So, um, <laughs> no, but you're right. And that, I, I don't know. I think not. that it's, it's worth having this conversation just to remind people who are parts of, part of those conversations at their churches to, to remember that this is an option. And in some circumstances, it can be a very good option and something that brings something to the ministry team at your church that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were able to have a deaconess. We've had a deaconess intern twice, I think. And we ended up calling the last intern that we had. And she's a second career deaconess. But it's been really wonderful to have her in our congregation. It's not a huge congregation, but it's, it's a decent sized congregation. Mm-hmm. 
And we've also been blessed to have vicars the last few years, but we also have that deaconess and she has been really wonderful to be that other person who can do these works of mercy, uh, caring for people who are grieving or doing vacation Bible school or doing youth programming, but just having that other as a woman, having a a church worker woman who I know is theologically trained, and you can just you can talk to her about stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whether or not I would talk to my pastor about it, regardless of that, I know I can talk to her about stuff, and she's going to ha- just have a different demeanor about it because of her different background, and also because she's a woman and just kind of understands stuff the way that we yeah. understand things when we talk to other women. What? <laughs> right. mm-hmm. I know <laughs> men and women are different. What are you saying, Sarah? I don't even know. What? I don't know. I don't Sarah, know. I'm sort of curious. <laughs> Changing um, subjects. <laughs> no, along those lines. So we keep talking about this as if this is a really great thing for the women of the church to have a deaconess there. How do you typically interact with the men of the church? Oh, is there a question. role for deaconesses to be serving the men of the church as well? Or is this really, do you primarily not do that? Like. Aaron, that is a fabulous question, and then that was not on our list. So kudos to you. Well, it just came to mind as we were, as I was hearing you guys sort of think aloud about these things. Sure. So speaking as a CDC deaconess, we, and I'm not, I promise I won't go into the entire history. However, (laughs) Concordia Deaconess Conference was formed at a time when the gender of a pastor was being fought about. Oh. So CDC, as an established organization, was very intentional about discussing roles that women would do and roles that women would not. So I, as a CDC deaconess, take very seriously God's word about head of household, about pastoral office, about word and sacrament ministry. And so I probably have built a bit of a protective hedge around what that looks like only because I respect the difference Mm -hmm. and I know the history of sort of how we got to where Mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. So I primarily focus on children, youth, moms. I, I'm friendly to dads, of course. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm happy to interact with anyone, but when it comes to more of an official role, I'm not going to be leading men's Bible study. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be doing anything on Sunday morning in front of the congregation. Those are not my places, sure. and that is not what I'm called to do, and I think that's okay. I think those are those are safe roles to, do you, to hold. Do you think that's generally the case for LCMS deaconesses is sort of the focus being on women and children? Because, I mean, obviously we don't have women speaking from the pulpit. That tends to be the common interaction that deaconesses have with their congregation. I do. I do think that is generally the case. Now, I, I can't speak for every individual or every situation because and I remember this in some of our formation classes, mm. just playing with the, well, what if a youth turns 18? Is he a man now or right. is he still one? You know oh, what I mean? Man, like right. you can really get in the weeds when you want to be really legalistic yep. about what the rules are. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, what it comes down to is public expectations and public observations. Mm. So so if it's going to be something that people that don't know me, that people don't know the church, that don't know the recognition of 
of my respect of Office of Public Ministry, I'm probably going to remove myself mm. versus uh, pushing the limit because I think I can, mm. if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Right. So like I, I'm not going to be in front of the congregation. I'm not going to probably teach some big Sunday morning Bible class. Like those are not things that the audience necessarily could fully appreciate or understand what my position is. So let's just Mm -hmm. kind of protect everyone from that. But if I'm having youth group and we're celebrating, you know, a youth 18th birthday, there's not like a kickoff, like a kickout sort of ceremony, (laughs) right? Like it's it's not going to be that sort of thing. But I will say that it's a line that I, I think about and it's it's mm-hmm. it's mostly historical context mm-hmm. uh, because good, bad or otherwise, there's still some rumblings of deaconesses wanting to be the next female pastors. Mm-hmm. And that is not at all what CDC stands for right. or how we were developed. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Right. And that's going to be different if you're serving in an institution, too. If you're a chaplain in a hospital or in a prison, it's going to look entirely different. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can get in the weeds. He's 34, but his intellect is six. What is that? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) well, just that's right. So, yeah, so you can you can go too far either direction. Mm -hmm. And so it is something that I I walk and I'm probably a bit more protective Mm -hmm. or conservative, Mm -hmm. but. I just rather not offend or cause someone to question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Talking about deaconesses being the next pastors and how that is not the case. Yeah. Right. Are there other misconceptions, myths, things that people kind of assume about what yep. you do that that's are a good question. not true? Yeah. Well, that's the big one mm-hmm. is that like, well, we couldn't be pastors, so we settled for deaconesses. <laughs> oh. Not the case, right? <laughs> Not the case. I mean, the the uniform sometimes were like flight attendants. (laughs) It is a classic uniform, I got to say. Or we are some sort of like specialized nun. I mean, those (laughs) there are those type of just well, because if you don't see something often, you are trying to relate it to something you do understand. Right. right, So that that is what it is. I think sometimes misconceptions about deaconesses is, and again, this goes to the the broadness of what we can do, but a very narrow idea. Well, we don't have a lot of shut-ins, so we don't need a deaconess. Mm-hmm. Or we don't have X, therefore we don't want a deaconess. So kind of goes back to we like boundaries, we, we like A equals B. And I'm not saying I don't like A equals B either. I'm just, I think when it comes to Freedom in the gospel and vocation, I think that's vast and and bigger than what we would like to make it be, mm-hmm. right? So, like, there's just a lot more gift than we may even allow ourselves to contemplate. And office of, of deaconess can, can kind of be in that sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just kind of putting us more in more of a narrow thing. Like, I've been a deaconess for many years, and um, <laughs> I've, I've never done— hospital visitation. Mm-hmm. I, I could, but it's not been a role that I've been asked to serve. That's often something that, oh, well, deaconesses do. Well, sure, but A, B, and C extra, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so you said there's a lot of different emphases that deaconesses can have. You particularly love working with kids and families. What are some of the most unusual huh. emphases? 
yeah. you know what <laughs> sure. What trouble can I get together into as a deaconess? <laughs> sure. So I knew I know a couple of deaconesses that I've worked in prison ministry, which mm-hmm. takes a very special and intentional mm-hmm. type of, of approach. I do know some women who are in the medical field. Oh, again, not for me, but uh-huh. thanks be to God for, <laughs> for them. Women who are just exceptional writers. And so it's not as though they may be serving out of like visitation, let's say, Mm -hmm. to, you know, pull that assumption up, but they're writing amazing things Mm -hmm. or they're putting together amazing resources, that type of thing. I mean, the IC has plenty of deaconesses Mm -hmm, and a lot mm -hmm. of administrative or director Mm -hmm. roles where leadership is a gift for men or women and they just rock in whatever field that they're doing. And so they're leading others. Mm-hmm. So I think those kind of off the top of my head are maybe the the non-typical. But as I said before, if you've met a deaconess, you've met a deaconess. Uh-huh. A single <laughs> so, one. Yeah. That all of you right. are serving in slightly different ways. Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, if, if you look at the broad picture, we're all in different congregations who are meeting the needs of their individual neighbors, right? Yep. So like, The pastor's role, word and sacrament, thanks be to God, that's across the board. But the needs of the neighbors are still going to be mercy, God's love, forgiveness. But what that looks like could be a pack of diapers or could be a visit in the hospital um, or something in between. And so deaconesses, I think, can be a reflection of the place that they've been called to serve and the needs that are in front of them. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, you know, it's not like the office of pastor is monolithic either. You know, word and sacrament ministry. Yes, sure, they all do that. And yet we know that some pastors, that their role is more administrative. Some are more, you know, geared toward visitation or teaching. My husband is a military chaplain, which is a different kind of pastoral work altogether. Yes. And so, you know, we we have no trouble conceiving of the pastoral office as extremely varied in in its expressions. And I think maybe taking that and saying, okay, well, office of deaconess. Similarly, it expresses itself in different ways, depending on the needs and the gifts of the person involved. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Maybe I understand things a little better now. <laughs> so, and we kind of talked misconceptions about the diaconal ministry. Ooh, diaconal. Ooh. I threw it out there. Three points for me. <laughs> 50 cents <laughs> word from Brie. Diaconal. Diaconal? No, I was just kidding. <laughs> diaconal. But the wrong syllabus. No, on the I always thought it was diaconal. Okay, let's diagonal. not. Let's let's diagonal. not. Get diagonal. I was going to say, let's it's put a poll in Facebook. And I was like, thing. nobody's going to know. <laughs> anyway, sorry. If there was one thing that you would want the, we'll just, we'll limit the scope. If there was one thing that you wanted LCMS Lutherans to know at the end of all of this, what would you want them to, to know? What would you say? The office of deaconess is a gift to the LCMS and to the world at large. And your congregation would benefit from learning more about it and considering having one at your church. Boom. Thank you. You're welcome. That was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah, you just uh, like bubble over with love for this mm-hmm. vocation. Oh. And it's so <laughs> wonderful you. to have you in studio to talk about this. This has been really sure. interesting. Good. I thought I knew like most stuff about Ekinesses, but I actually didn't. Sarah Golseth, do you want to become a deaconess? I kind of do, actually. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we got let's your back. It. We'll talk to you later about yeah. the uh, the CDC. So yeah. We'll get Sarah, you Sarah, remind us again 
where are you going to be serving? Yeah. So I am beginning a new call at the beginning of June. I'll be at St. Matthew's Lutheran in Lee Summit, Missouri. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous of the people at St. Matthew's Lutheran in Lee Summit, (laughs) Missouri, because they they're they're very blessed people (laughs) yes they are or you all could just become deaconesses in the next two years and if i get reelected this summer i could be your president hey so get after that all right let's get after it it. Uh (laughs) uh-huh bring us into the sisterhood of deaconesses that's right (laughs) there you go where can people find out mm. more about the Concordia Deaconess Conference? ConcordiaDeaconess.org. Easy enough. And what about right off the tongue? Yes. LCMS Deaconess Ministry. Well, so on LCMS.org, there is a Deaconess Ministry section. You can also, I mean, anyone can email me. My my president email is on concordiadeaconess.org. Otherwise, Concordia Chicago is going to have a deaconess studies program, and so will the Fort Wayne and St. Louis seminaries. And I'm sure we'll make sure to put all of those links to all yeah. of the pertinent oh, we pages. Sure well, do you know what I did just <laughs> now when I was trying to look up concordiadeaconess.org? I realized I don't know how to spell deaconess. One N people or you won't find the site. And no. one C. <laughs> one C. One C. One N. One N. Two, two S's. S's. Yeah. And I'm there an editor. Is. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassed. Anyway, it's a beautiful website. Check it out. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today, Sarah. This was the best. So fun. (laughs) You're very welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Ladies, we want to know what you think about deaconesses. If you did or did not know the things we're talking about, or if you are a deaconess, where you serve, what you Mm. love about what you get to do, we'd love to hear about it in our Facebook group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Facebook. You can also share your thoughts with us on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. We share photos of things. Actually, I'm going to share a picture of Sarah in studio after we're recording. So get a little sneak peek of that. So follow (laughs) us on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter, our monthly e-newsletter. If you aren't on social media or if you like to get Lutheran Ladies Lounge in your inbox, you can find out how to do that in the show notes of this episode. Or you can just send an email to lutheranladies at kfuo.org and we'll get you signed up for that e-newsletter. You can find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge on the KFUO radio app or on your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm hungry for chicken. (laughs) The only food reference in this episode. I picked it out. I picked it out. You know, now that you mention it, maybe I am too. Yeah! I feel like chicken tonight! KFUO Radio and the Lutheran Ladies Lounge Podcast are underwritten in part by Ad Crusum. Visit them online at adcrucem.com. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge.